Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. In this episode, San Antonio Business Journal Managing Editor Ed Arnold welcomes third-generation family business owner Adriana Flores, who shares the inspirational story of her grandfather, who founded what would become Alamo Music Center in the depths of the Great Depression. So... I'm here with Adrian Flores of Element Music Center here in San Antonio, a more than 90-year-old music center and store and outlet here that is really, really well-beloved, a family-owned business here in San Antonio. And it's wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. Absolutely. So uh, just for the statewide audience, I don't think there's hardly anyone in San Antonio that doesn't know who you are, but for folks outside of town, tell us, uh, tell the listeners about Alamo Music Center. How it got started. Okay. Yeah. So Alamo Music Center is 93 years old and my grandfather started it in 1929 as a used piano store. You know, opening up a business in 1929 is kind of very challenging and, uh, so he, he was actually a piano tuner at a piano store, got hired there. And uh, then, you know, the depression hit, everything shut down. He got hired by a bank to repossess pianos all over South Texas and all over Texas. And um, one of his visits was to a big gigantic ranch in South Texas. And he came to repossess the piano and he wasn't the rancher's piano, it was actually the ranch hand's piano. So we had a ranch hand with a family who lived on the ranch, three daughters. It was the only form of entertainment that they had was this piano. Now, this is back in 29. I mean, what was right. going on in back in yeah, 29? What, what were your options? Yeah, were your options? Gathering around the piano. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy begged him not to take it. My grandfather's heart was broken, went back to the bank, said, what are you doing with all these pianos that I'm repossessing? And they said, well, we're just putting them in a warehouse, just their assets of the bank. Well, can I, can I buy those? Can I buy one? You know, my, my grandfather's very thrifty. So he bought the piano, went back to the ranch, told the rancher, hey, you're going to have a really unhappy workforce if you don't buy this piano back from me and give it to your ranch hand. So the rancher bought it for his ranch hand, but got it back in the right hands. And that's sort of the... The I think the mission of my grandfather and music is bringing joy to music, bringing people to bringing t- people together with music, and how vital it is when it's uh, times of difficult times in the world. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and and I love the the story of you know, how he looked at what was, I guarantee you for someone who's a a musician, a piano tuner, as he was like, how sad he was personally to go and take these, these, these pianos from people. Just, I can't, you know, just the feeling of that. And for him to figure out a way to sort of reverse all that and then make a business that would still be here nearly a hundred years later is really awesome. Yeah. Um, Do you know how long it was before he actually got, or how long it took him to get a physical location? Or was he doing mostly field work? So it was, um, he did it off of his front porch at the beginning. And it was called Fresh Fresh Air Music. I don't know if I'm getting the name right, but it was, it was off the front porch. He'd, He'd go knock on doors, walk around town. I think I might've told you this, Ed, but I'm not sure. You know, my grandfather's an immigrant from Mexico and Texas had a lot of immigrants from Mexico and he'd knock on doors and they would 
this is, you know, they would say, well, why should I trust you? You're a Mexican. And he said, and he was like, okay, you know, this is back in 1929. You had to have your wits about you. So he had a friend who was white. He asked his friend to pretend like he was his boss. He went back to the homes and said, here's my boss, Mr. Alcorn. Oh, great. You know, so he wasn't really going to let anything stop him. Um, No. No, he was not going to let anything stop him. No. So he had that location. Um, We had about three or four different locations throughout San Antonio. And because San Antonio has grown so much, those locations are actually not there anymore. Gotcha. They've been torn down. They are now different things. So one of the locations was where the Torch of Freedom is in San Antonio near the Henry B. Convention Center. Right there was Alamo Music Center, Lucchese Boots, and Churchy's Fried Chicken. I, that is very, very iconic series of, of San Antonio businesses right there. In right. The, right there in the corner. That is amazing. Exactly. Oh, wow. So, all right. So I'm fascinated too by your, you know, your upbringing in the business as well. You know, so did you, and, and I just don't know the timeline, did you get to know your grandfather very well? Yeah. My grandfather lived to be 105 years old. Holy moly. Yeah. So he was <laughs> Not only did he have tons of gumption, <laughs> he had a lot of staying power too. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes, he did. He listened to music every night. He'd sit in his chair with his tequila and grapefruit juice. And he would yeah, just, it was, almost like, it was almost like he was like meditating, you know, he'd sit out, look out the window in his little garden room, have a little drink, listen to music. And he just kind of chilled out after, you know, a very productive day. So I, yeah, I knew my grandfather very well. He was uh, a go-getter, always seeking adventure, always meeting, didn't know a stranger. And I want to pivot then to my dad, who was yeah, just, please. you know, took over in 1963, I think. Uh, took a small piano store to a full line music store where we sell everything from nine foot concert grands all the way down to a little guitar pick. My dad um, left law school. So he was in law school and he had to take over the store in the summertime when my grandparents went on a world tour of the cruise, uh, some sort of cruise. Yeah. And um, when they came back, uh, my grandfather was hoping that he'd want to take over the business. And he said, okay, I'll do it if you let me do two things. I want to change the name from Alamo Piano Company to Alamo Music Center. And I want to sell all different sorts of musical instruments, not just pianos. And so okay. my grandfather said, sounds good to me. And then... Um, I'm, out my, I'm out of here. Well, <laughs> not really. <laughs> my grandfather had an office in the store up until the day he died. And he would come in and poke around and ask questions. But my dad really grew it from a very small uh, piano store into a full-line music store. My dad was uh, the youngest and I think only Hispanic president of NAM, which is the National Association of Music Merchants. And, you know, that was a pretty big deal back in the 80s. And he did a wonderful job. And I, you know, I always just admire both of those men so much. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's that's so fascinating, too. You know, you're, you're the gumption for your grandfather to just turn that idea into a business. But then your father's initiative to take it from being a, a simple, you know, a simple but, you know, strong business, but to a much more uh, forward looking and wide ranging business. So did he, you know, over those years from the 60s all the way through, how, how long was your father working as, as the head of business? 51 years. My goodness. And my grandfather, I think it was 33 years. 
So, you know, my grandfather, you know how when you're young and you look at your grandparents and they always looked, oh, I don't know, they always looked right, old, right. you know, yeah. but they yeah, were really, yeah. they were really young. He kind of retired young, but, you know, he started working probably when he was 10, right, you know, or right, nine. I right. mean, this is a long, hard life of right. kind of surviving. Yeah. What, yeah. what a, what a wonderful, I mean, I, you know, at 105 years, but what a wonderful, uh, like life path that he must've seen from his beginning to his end, you know what I mean? Yeah. And how proud he must've been of his kids and grandkids. Yeah. So let's, let's bring, uh, let's bring everybody up to date where Elma Music Center is now, because it is not just a, a San Antonio institution. It's out in across the state and across the, the nation now. So yeah. fill us yeah. in where we are now. So now, so right now we're third and fourth generation. I'm the third generation and my two nephews who are younger than me, fourth generation, uh, Zach Marr and Patrick Marr. And in the last 10 years, we've been here all together, working together, learning the ropes from the ground up. And mm-hmm. um, we have now have an online store that is a big part of what we do. We sell all over the nation. We also have a large institutional sales department where we sell all over the nation as well. We have a location in Austin, Texas, and now we have actually uh, opened a couple of stores up in Kansas City, St. Louis, Missouri, and we're having a partnership right now up in, Det- up in Detroit, um, Michigan. Oh, cool. Very kind cool. Of, Very it's cool. all over the place. Well, that's interesting. I mean, what's it been like for you and the next generation to, to learn how to manage these things? I think I suspect the Austin location was early, but, yeah. but the further away you get, what's that like for you all keeping that tabs on everything? Well, it's it's really interesting because um, you have to have a really strong kind of person in these outside locations. You have to have a strong leader plus a really kind of strong admin team up there because if not, I mean, you can, it's just best to have like a template, you know, of what works, right? So it is challenging. We do a lot more plane traveling now nowadays, but it was funny because back about 10 years ago when we started... We had a, the old DOS system still, you know, we were, right. you know, my, my father had been very innovative back in the early 70s and 80s and got this really cool, innovative system. But by the time we got here in 2010, right, it was pretty creepy. We, had, we yeah. had to eliminate that. So we just had to do a lot of new things, kind of invent new sure. ways of business and kind yeah. of, you know, it's you're, you're always going to have a little, the older generation is always going to be wary of you know, turning off things that worked forever, but they work forever. But my dad has been really good about just supporting us and um, trusting us, uh, letting us make good and bad decisions. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Adriana Flores joining us. In our next segment, she shares how Alamo Music Center has amplified its success. When Texas Business Minds continues. At Texas Mutual Insurance Company, we celebrate the workers who keep your business growing strong. They're a vital part of our community, and we're proud to be on the job with 1.5 million of them every day. More at TexasMutual.com slash on the job. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking about new ways of doing things is that um, Alabama Music Center has a very strong online presence when it comes to lessons and social media where you have, uh, uh, you know, I, I remember seeing a guitar lesson through the social media feeds that came through. And those are those are things that to some degree in previous generations you would have sold. Right. You would have sold access to that expertise instead of just yeah. sort of let it out into the world. Right. Yeah. So we have right now. um 
think the marketing department was sort of non-existent. It was like we all of us kind of did marketing. Now we have an online marketing team of, I think, five people. We also have another team that just manages the website portion. So an online web team. So because of these changes on um, creating access to a bigger audience, we've had to pivot our resources um, in these different areas. So our marketing team does all the YouTube videos. They take all original photos. They create content. And, you know, creating a video is that's a lot of... Yeah, it takes some work. A lot of auto editing, video editing, making sure it comes out at the right time, spacing it, a lot of resources, you know. Um, And then for the online team, that was just sort of a a response to how much we were selling online. Right, right. It used to be like an office member would do the invoices for the online sales. And we had to create a whole team that just does that and manages that. And response to customer service questions. Um, so we kind of had a, definitely had to pivot. You know, you, you're constantly pivoting to meet the needs of what is happening in the world. And the world changes swiftly and fast. And I think that's what my father did back in the 60s. You know, he said, okay, pianos are great, but okay, these other markets are important too. Let's open it up. Right. And that brings me back to, you know, your online sales, which what would you say? And, you know, we don't have to get too specific, but what would you say as like a percentage of sales online as opposed to in-person makes for you all? So we have an online segment that is definitely a big percentage of our sales, but then mm-hmm. we have a lot of um, leads that come in through our website oh, interesting. that then are taken care of by our brick and mortar salespeople. So they're a I little gotcha. bit more interactive where an online sale is literally like click a button Get right. it Somebody went to the website, bought a, bought a horn, had it shipped. That was it. Right. I, I, but you're seeing that it even it, that's a part of the business, but you're actually getting, say, maybe leads on a new institutional uh, uh, client. Somebody, uh, you know, you could tell us what an institutional client means for you all. But yeah. um, but that kind of thing, you're finding as much value in the lead generation for your in-house sales as you are in, in yes. click through that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's so click, click through is definitely a different segment and a different animal than the salesperson having that one-on-one, even even if it's like just, you know, texting the customer 5,000 times or talking to them on the phone or sending them videos. I mean, that's a lot more interactive, but the lead comes from our YouTube channel or our website or our other avenues. Um, Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and it's it's really interesting to me too, because I was thinking about the pandemic and the number of people who reached out for music and reached out for art in that period, you know, and, yeah. and tried to take up the, a new hobby or revitalize an old one. And, and I really saw, you know, from a distance, I really saw all of my music try to cater to those people with that outward marketing. Did that, did you feel people coming to you during that period? Oh, oh yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I flash back to, you know, March of 2020 and we're locking the doors and the lights are low and there's nobody in the store. It's like, a ghost world and we're all very worried because we don't know what's about to happen and um you know it was kind of quiet for a while and then all of a sudden we're like oh we need to bring the warehouse back because we're getting all these online <laughs> we're getting all these online requests and it just kept ramped up and ramped up and we realized that you know people were looking for safe things to do with their families they were like you said picking up an old hobby or picking up the bucket list hobby that they'd always said they were going to do. And it wasn't until that moment that I, because I'd always had in my mind the question, like, how did my grandfather start a piano store in 1929? 
I mean, right. this is the middle of the depression. I mean, who was right. buying what? Right. And I realized that the pandemic was very much like the depression. People were looking for positive things to do, like something to make them happy when the world was just completely crazy. Right. And so I really do feel like we we really helped a lot of people and families like just gather their wits together and create something beautiful. And I've talked to people like just random people that I've run into and they're like, oh, yeah, I picked up the guitar during COVID and oh, I did yeah. this during COVID. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they're yeah. and they're super excited. They're still doing it. You know, it didn't, yeah. they didn't stop. And yeah. I see that you have three guitars uh, behind I'm you. Sure, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get done recording, Adriana. Well, we'll break. There's other instruments in the other part of the room. We'll talk we'll over there. But you know what it reminds me of? And I don't know that you saw this. I think most of us did. But but the, the wonderful San Antonio musician, uh, 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 Santiago Jimenez, wandered around the streets in the middle of the pandemic playing his accordion and singing to windows. And it was a moment that really did remind me of how, and what he said was, I mean, he was a man, I believe he's in his eighties. I mean, he was yeah. wandering the streets in the early part of the pandemic, yeah. singing to his neighbors, singing to the neighbors. And I think when he got asked this, why did you do it? And I think he said something akin to, and I, I don't want to mis misquote him, of course, but I believe it was something like the people need me. The people yeah. need art. People yeah. need to 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 hear music they need to hear us out here and this is when you know we as his point being that this is when artists are needed the most and having an uh, such a well-loved iconic business like yours being able to be there in that moment you know it's you know it wasn't first responder but i was jokingly called second responder <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like that i like yeah, definitely not yeah, first yeah. responder <laughs> no, no 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 there was there was other things to get to first yeah. no question but but I, I mean, I do think that, you know, the reason why we're here is to make art. And so to facilitate that really has to be incredibly fulfilling for, for you. And to have a family legacy of that, I think, is something you're just really proud of. I would Yeah, imagine. you can see it in the educators that educate kids and the love they have towards that and the kids and how proud they are if they've accomplished something. Fiesta just happened in San Antonio and it's so much fun to see these band kids. You know, they're just, they've practiced yeah. so hard and so long and they're marching and everyone's cheering them on. And what a great sense of community and joy and, and all that hard work. And I, I really do think that translates to uh, how you participate in your, in your job. Even yeah. if you don't do music, you know, that teamwork and that um, cooperation, I think that's just priceless yeah. really. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Well, um, that is a wonderful story. It's so nice having you with us. Would you give everyone uh, that's listening sort of if they want to check out Alamo Music Center, if they want to if they want to buy an instrument, they should know where to go. Where, sure, where do you? Sure. Where, where do they <laughs> well, go? Well, we have yeah, a exactly. website. It's, <laughs> we have a website, alamomusic.com. We have a great YouTube channel. I think we have over a hundred thousand subscribers. We have a guitar channel, we have a piano channel, we have an accordion channel, we have a really geeky synthesizer channel. You can <laughs> learn all about the intricacies of like the pieces of wood and you know why the tone Love is it. like this or Love why manufacturers did this. So it's really, a, it's a very educational. You know, it, we, it, we try to keep it educational because if you've never bought an instrument before, you kind of just need someone to kind of guide you through it. And we, we feel like we really can give that to people. Well, again, thank you so much for sharing the story with us. I enjoyed it so very much. And I will be down to buy some guitar strings pretty soon. 
All right. Sounds good. <laughs> it's good to see you. <laughs> good to see you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas.